0: Hi And welcome back. Today is Good Friday, and it's early morning. I can hear a bird song outside my window. I'm in my office, my kids, my husband are asleep upstairs, and you might be wondering what on earth I'm doing recording a podcast episode this time in the morning. And um, if you feel like my voice is a bit different, it's because these are the first words I've uttered all day. Um, so I got that nice morning voice that I'm sure will wake up over the the course of this next hour or so. The reason I'm recording on a Friday morning is because I have been at home for a week now with both my kids, loving the Easter holiday on the whole. I've also taken time out of my, from work during this week and tried to play things a little bit differently this year. So being self-employed, what I've previously done is I've dabbled in work at the same time. And what it invariably leads to for me is a feeling like I'm showing up as feeling not enough in either role. And this year I've decided to completely take the week off or take the two weeks off and devote myself to family, friends, downtime and simply just taking a step back from anything and everything to do with work apart from this because I don't class this as work. In fact, I've been brewing on this episode for so long now that I felt like this would be the perfect opportunity to grab the mic and basically sit down and take this opportunity this morning while the house is asleep. And I'm a big fan of mornings anyway, they're my favorite part of the day. So I'm in my office, my computer here, I've got a nice cup of coffee by my side, and I can't wait to be sharing this podcast episode with you today about the importance of self-care welcome to curious not furious i'm louise brooks parenting coach and family advisor and a mom too i support parents to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids through one-to-one sessions online courses and workshops and here where i take on the hard questions and offer actionable strategies and inspiration that can help you in your parenting so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at three things to do with self-care. We're going to look at the why. Why is self-care even worth looking at? What does it cost us if we don't do it? How does it like trip us up in life if we don't do self-care? How do we benefit? We're all time challenged, right? So we need to know our why. We're also going to need to know specifically what constitutes self-care. My experience is that many of us still hold very uh, simplified, And very stereotypical notions of what self-care really is when it's a lot more than just a spa date and a trip to the nail station, nice as that might be. But we absolutely need to get clear on what it is. And I can't wait to share with you some, maybe some aha moments for you. And lastly, we're going to look at one of my signs that I need to connect to myself again. That's possibly one of the most important aspects of self-care is beginning to put the dots together in a different way, to see signs that you may not attribute to lack of self-care as a little warning light. Hmm, Some of my basic needs are not being met. and Of course, in that process, we will be looking at some of the things that stops us from engaging in self-care and in having more compassionate stances towards ourselves. So let's dive straight on in. When I was preparing for this podcast, I thought to myself, do I really need to explain why self-care? And I sat down and I wondered about my own life and about my own ways. And I thought to myself, yeah, I do need to know my why self-care. Because you may recognize this tendency when things are going okay, things are going well. And that's when we start not doing the things that are actually keeping us tethered to our center, that grounds us. That's when we go, woo, no hands, no hands, and we just freestyle. We think that the things that we do on a daily basis that keep us in a good spot are not so necessary. Look, it's going swimmingly anyway. May start by taking a few days off, whatever it is we've been doing, and maybe that first couple of days was actually exactly what is self-care, you know, just taking a step back from our routines and everything else. But it's a little bit like after a long holiday and you leave your routines, you leave yourself for so long and you're completely frazzled at the end of it you've been abandoning yourself for too long and what often happens is we get a little bit too carried away and we start downplaying the importance of meeting our own needs but also of being more intentional about building into our own life and our own emotional system more of a buffer more of a margin that allows us to not go into overdraft all the time to not constantly go into reaction mode whenever things on the surface kick off. And it does all the time in family life, right? There's always someone who has feelings, someone who has needs, someone who trips up the plan, someone who's not working quite to schedule. And without that buffer, without that margin that we can create in our life, we so easily go into reaction mode all the time and end up, Being a version of ourselves that ultimately is not in line, perhaps, with who we envision ourselves to be as a parent, but also who we envision ourselves to be as a person in all the other areas of life that we show up. So what I've identified for myself a lot of the time is that I go into the when-then mode. You might recognize it. I think it's especially pertinent when there's a lot of pressures on in our life or when we can't really easily come up for air. And I think holiday time, half-term time, is a brilliant example of that. The when-then mode is the kind of thinking that we engage in when we tell ourselves that the right moment, our salvation, our freedom, our what we need for ourselves is in the future. We, the solution is in the future or the solution is in the circumstances on the surface changing. So here's an example. When other people around me don't make me feel so guilty or inconvenienced by it, then I'll refuel myself. Then I'll take some time out to myself. When I stop feeling so guilty for wanting some alone time, then I'll begin to give myself that. When the kids are not around, then I'll start meeting my own needs for a rest. And of course, the reason this when-then mode is not viable is because it's an illusion. There is always going to be something standing in the way of the perfect moment for self-care. But also, I know for a fact, when we are clearer on what constitutes self-care, we'll see that there are opportunities in every situation and every day if we can be creative and if we're willing to begin to meet our needs, because what I'm going to share with you now is that self-care is not just a physical act. It is not just sitting on a yoga mat in your sweaty-bitty outfit and watch some meditation or yoga practice on your TV. Beautiful as that is, by the way. And that can be self-care, but it's so much more than that. Self-care, let's just define it for a second. Self-care in my book is... The act of giving myself what I need and in order that I can tend to my kids' tantrums and my, you know, my business challenges and my relationships in my life in a way that's more likely that I don't show up having a big tantrum myself. And whenever I ask this question at events that I run, I hear so many definitions and some really brilliant answers, but one woman once pointed out that to her it felt like some of what we class as self-care. It's just basic acts of self-respect. Having a glass of water by 2pm, going to the toilet when one needs to, eating breakfast. Those are things that many of us class as acts of self-care, when really, if we get clear about it, they are in fact just acts of fundamental needs. They're just meeting our fundamental needs, which I think speaks to how divorced we are from, from our basic needs a lot of the time as parents how good many of us have become at overriding our body and our mind's basic needs in order to cope right with the pressures of life so yes a lot of what we could class as self-care is in fact just basic needs of self-respect self-regard and when you look at it that way of course it's even more important that we don't ignore self-care So what exactly is self-care? If we were to put some, some actions to it, and I will in just a minute, because self-care is both physical, it's emotional, and it's also cognitive. And there are some different school of thoughts about how many pillars of self-care exist, but I tend to operate with those three. But before we delve into the nitty-gritty of it, I want to highlight two things that make such a big difference to know about. I want to highlight two distinctions that are crucial in understanding and engaging in acts of self-care. Because self-care is often about knowing the difference between what we could call hard and difficult. It's also about knowing the difference between what I want on the one hand and what I need on the other. Let me explain. So many of us parents have gotten incredibly good at the doing part of our lives. We are doing machines. We're no longer human beings, we're human doings. We're experts at working harder, at moving quicker, ticking more boxes and you know many of us have maybe even nailed this whole thing, the practical side of parenting precisely because we're very good at the doing. There is a certain skill that's necessary to be able to cope with all that stuff that keeps you know coming through our inboxes and letters from school organizing diaries organizing what we're gonna have for dinner planning our whole life that whole sort of doing machine pertaining to be a good parent is something that we quickly learn that we're rewarded for this is what other people see this is what makes other people think maybe oh you know you got your stuff together you really nailed it or they you might get it Envious looks from other people in the playground because you always just look like you've got things there. You know, you're on time. Things work out for you on a practical level. And of course, what is behind all that is a real aptitude for working hard, doing the hard stuff, the heavy lifting. And when we're that way inclined, we're very good at dissociating from our needs for rest as well. We just carry on. We You know, it's the grind and white knuckling our way through our career, through parenthood, everything we do. We make it happen. We could say that we've become very good, we've become experts at doing the hard stuff, this heavy lifting. And I want you to imagine that if you had two muscles, you had two biceps, one on the left, one on the right, which you do, by the way, but one was your doing muscle and the other one was your being muscle, then looking at you as a person, and looking at us moms and many, many modern people, is we have overdeveloped doing muscles. We're not in balance. It's pretty clear for everyone to see. But the muscle that's favored in our society seems to be the doing muscle, the one that gets us points, the one that seems to get us enough over the uh, feeling of drowning all the time that we could come up for air and we believe that we need to keep treading, keep treading, keep treading waters so that we don't get sucked underneath again. Because the fear is if we stop pedaling, if we stop treading water for, for, for a minute, we're going to fall under. And that's definitely how it can feel like. And it's definitely how some of our lives are construed as well because there is no space built into our life to do the opposite. So many of us parents who are competent, who are responsible, and who are doing our very best at not falling short of the expectations that are placed on us from all angles, are in fact just experts at doing the hard stuff. Doing the difficult stuff, on the other hand, is a different beast. Difficult is often to do with our being, is to do with that underdeveloped part of ourselves, the slowing down, the being inefficient, doing unproductive things, doing pleasurable things even. This can feel difficult and often really uncomfortable if we're to be honest about it, right? Because when we slow down, we feel more. Maybe that was also why the pandemic and the various lockdowns we've had over the years felt so confronting, but maybe also why holidays can feel so confronting as well because we go from running fast to standing still. And then when we do that, we feel our restlessness, we feel our irritation, we feel our disconnection bubbling up. And this is why it could be so hard to go from, you know, full on family mode and working really hard to get ourselves to the Maldives. So we land in this amazing faraway land And we've been building it up. We're going to be connecting. We're going to have an amazing time. We're going to be relaxing. And when we get to the Maldives and things get quiet on the outside, this is when it feels super noisy on the inside, right? There's this restlessness. You might know it from your family as well that that's when we start having more fights with our kids. That's when we all seem to be falling out left, right and center. And this is the difficult stuff, which is to sort of, tolerate all the stuff that comes up and of course there we have an opportunity to do things differently we can either allow this yucky icky process of landing in our holiday whether we're at home in the garden or we're in the Maldives for real or we can just begin to replicate what we do in our life on the whole anyway we can begin to fill it up once again with noise Booking our social diaries, scrolling more, getting very ambitious about a house project, you know, drinking more wine, fixing things, running around, doing things to maximize every single waking moment so that we're not confronted with what can maybe feel too difficult. And this leads me on to the difference between our needs and our wants. Because let's be honest, we all want to devour a bar of chocolate if we've just had a row with our partner. But rarely, if we really think about it, is it what we need? If we were to go by what we need, we might ask ourselves a question we rarely ask ourselves. What do I actually need in this moment? Hmm. Do I need to ring a friend? Do I feel maybe I need to just get out of the house? Maybe that's not even part of my normal reaction pattern. When I have something happen to me that I tend to stay, I tend to drown it out in a certain way. Most of us reach for a phone, start scrolling. Maybe some of us pour a glass of wine. Maybe others of us start getting a bit obsessive about controlling our outer environment. We start throwing ourselves into a cleaning spree. You know, we all have our easy button. We all have that thing that we do in order to take us away from what feels difficult. But when we begin to ask ourselves and distinguish between our want and our need, We might begin to see that those are very different things. And therein lies the key to what can feel like self-care for you in a given moment. So self-care, not as in, I'm going to go and have my nails done now. That kind of self-care. But self-care as in, I'm in a moment of struggle right now. And what might I need for me right now to take best care of myself? As if I was a friend to myself. Would that be to maybe ring a friend? Would that maybe be to go for a walk? Would that maybe be to have a little cry? Or to speak to someone about what is feeling difficult right now? So a lot of what constitutes self-care is about creating that balance, that yin to the yang. If our doing muscle is strong, say you have a job that requires a lot of heavy lifting, and I don't mean as in lifting actual heavy things, but running fast, doing a lot, thinking fast, multitasking, then perhaps your automatic way of showing up in your family would be to be exactly the same because what we tend to do in one place, we tend to do everywhere else in our life. But actually in order to create the balance, maybe in our free time, if you could class it as such, but in our non-work time, we would begin to need to look at How can I factor in some of the opposite of that? How could I begin to create some more balance there by doing more unproductive things, more pleasurable things, things that require a different type of focus? This is precisely why being with children can be both the hardest and the most rewarding thing in the world because they naturally occupy that space and they naturally remind us of where we're supposed to be at at any given moment in our focus They're here right now and they're not so consumed with to-do lists and ticking boxes and being productive, right? But it can be very confronting because when we come from that way of being, that mode, it can feel like chalk and cheese and it can feel like it's very difficult to establish connection with our kids. So self-care, a big part of it is about basically switching into a different mode of being. It's about being more fluid in our way of showing up in the world and we achieve that when we do things for ourselves and when we start looking at what our needs actually are and whether they're being met and finding ways of beginning to meet them maybe not always in the ways that you wish you could have them met but in ways that are available to you in any given moment and that's what part two of this episode is going to be focused on we're going to look at the how do we do self-care What's standing in the way of us actually doing it? What are some of the common barriers to it? And you will be able to implement these strategies in your life straight away. So stay tuned and thank you very much for listening. And remember when it all gets a little bit much and the kids are acting up and you're seeing red, you're being triggered by your kids, remember to get curious, not furious. And even if you do get furious, get curious after. There's always something there. Have a great week and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.